KXNO. The PSAs you hear on Miller Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon here on a Monday. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon and Ken Miller with you to talk sports for the next couple of hours. Thanks for spending some of your morning uh, here with us. Uh, BMW of Des Moines guest list looks like this. We will... By the way, do you have keywords in there? I do not. I do. Perfect. Uh, we will talk at the bottom of the hour or thereabouts to Scott Dockerman. Scott Dockerman will join us, 1035 from The Athletic. Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. Trent and I will talk baseball with Matt. And then a little Iowa State conversation with Nick Olson coming up here at 1130. Trent's play of the day brought to us by Circus Sports. He'll, uh, we'll get to that about 10 minutes before uh, the noon hour. Lots of games tonight to get into. Lots of games from over the week to opine about. A horse race that I think a lot of folks may remember uh, for a long, long time. Uh, transpired in Louisville, Kentucky on the first Saturday in May. Uh, it's good for the little guy. The little guy put one over on the elites. Quite a story. Quite a ride. Quite a run. Uh, quite a uh, quite an eventful weekend for those people who Trent. I when we left here at noon mm-hmm. on Friday, I didn't even know the horse was in the race. Well, because it just barely happened. It just right? got in yeah. hours before. Took a uh, he was on the also eligibles. So <laughs> Churchill Downs prints commemorative T-shirts. You know they're making so many souvenirs you sure. can buy, right? But one of the souvenirs you can buy, you know, you go to a rock concert and they list all the dates mm-hmm. of where yeah. the band is playing. Well, they list all the horses in the 148th Kentucky Derby. Uh-huh. He's not even on the list. <laughs> didn't make the cut to make the T-shirt. <laughs> didn't make the T-shirt. They were printed in advance of him getting into the race. Just an incredible ride. The story is is um, so rare. I mean, the, the, these these connections of this horse race at a at tracks in Ohio, this is lower level of racing than we have in Altoona. Lower level. Lower level than purse structure-wise. Um, I'd never heard of the jock, Sonny Leone, and, and, you know, I kind of followed the sport yeah. over the years. I heard of the owner just because I remember the owner because I remember the tragic story of the barn fire that killed 23 of his horses mm-hmm. uh, in Lexington. Um but this shouldn't have happened. But my God, it's so great that it did. And how about your daughter? Cash you a ticket. Yeah. So he uh, had a win ticket on Rich Strike. Yep. Do that every year with the kids. All right. As they're kind of you getting ready. Start gambling early. Oh, gambling yeah. with well, early. Right. She's a condon. She's she's gonna have that part. I've told the story of my first sports wagering moment and didn't go very well for me. Yeah. You got to teach these kids young and. It costs them their two dollars. Yeah. It's it comes out of their piggy, piggy bank, so they understand. So they actually have to pay the deuce. Daddy's not digging no, deep in no, his. No, no, no. I, I learned that early on, and these kids are going to learn the same thing. So Jack's was easy. Cause happy Jack. Sure. And then he sees him going nuts before the racing. Yeah. Daddy, what's wrong with my horse? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I don't know the sport very well. And it goes in, and Ella's got her two dollar bet and gets one hundred and sixty three. So as he crosses the finish line, we're watching on a little TV. We were at a great grandma's house, my wife's grandma's, and we're watching in the kitchen and just a little TV that she has there. So it was kind of hard to see. Yeah, apparently the announcer will tell you the same thing, but we'll <laughs> right. get to that in a second. 
and crosses, and I, what number is, and I couldn't see for sure. She, yeah. That's 21, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> what? And I thought there was no shot, because it was the longest shot on the board. Yeah. There's no way that's going to happen. And right. Doing a little quick math, and I said, you're going to get $160. That's and, amazing. And she is already talking about what Barbie house she's going <laughs> to get, and what dresses she's going to buy. She's all excited about it, but... It was just one of those moments because Epicenter had been talked about so much. And then Mattress Mac jumping aboard. Mm -hmm. It was one, at least for me, that I was keeping probably outside of Mo Donegal. That was the horse I was watching the most because of the storylines involved. The the announcer, too. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, that ride and the shot. Uh, From overhead. It's absolutely incredible. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm, I'm not a horse racing guy. You're our horse racing guy, obviously. Have you ever, A, seen a view like that? I don't think so. I think it's all, I mean, with the, the technology that we have now, the drone stuff, right? They're now putting hel- uh, cameras in jocks' helmets, which is a pretty cool view. Yep. But I don't remember seeing, um, you know, an overhead view like that, and especially when they're, you know, they're able to point out just the path that he had to take to navigate his way through traffic and then to pull a hard right turn when Messier was backing up in front of him and he was going to run up on a tiring horse and then to just set him down for the and the turn of foot at the end of a mile and a quarter race just remarkable how he split the two horses as he mm-hmm. went up to the front of the pack yeah it was something that just it gave me such a different perspective of horse racing you've seen that through your binoculars mm-hmm. you've seen guys do that but to see it at that vantage point and have such a clear view of the way that the race was run i thought was incredible and i know i'm not alone for either novice people or just the people that watch one horse race a year I think it just showed the light of what it takes. It's not just oh, this horse ran the fastest. Right. No, there's there's real jockeying that happens. Oh my god! For, it to, for that to go the route that it did. Yeah, don't tell me that a jockey doesn't make a difference. I mean, and you hear that a lot. And mm-hmm. I get it; it's not a significant difference. But uh, but that day, uh, it, it certainly was because Leon, the way um, he was able to navigate through traffic, the way that he did, making his run, picking the hole at the top of the stretch, staying on the rail and not panicking. Um, Oh, just remarkable. And again, these folks are as common as the day is long. This is an incredible story uh, of how this horse got to the... I mean, Friday morning at this time, he wasn't even in the race, for God's sakes. wasn't even in the race. He was going to be caught on the also eligibles and not get in. Um, got his opportunity and took advantage of it. And my good God, that was incredible. I wonder how long... Will this one stand the test of time? Hear me out on this, mm-hmm. because I think it will. I don't think it's going to be Secretariat winning by 31 lengths in 1973, because after all, that was for a triple crown, right? They made movies about they it. They made movies. Now, I'm not saying they won't make movies about this story, because this has something... Um, you know, just the connections, the story itself. I mean, the tragedy of the barn fire and picking himself up off the ground. And, and he actually literally had to do that on Saturday. You hear that? So he passed out. The right. trainer passed out. Jeez. As the horses crossed the wire, he, he passed out, blacked out. <laughs> um, yeah, just amazing. Now, the, the one knock on it, and, and I'm sorry, um, but it's true. It was an awful race call. Mm-hmm. It was a terrible call. And he recovered at the end to save it because his cadence at the end was spot on. But he missed the horse the entire length of the stretch. Trent, he didn't call his name from six furlongs out until 70 yards from the finish. I get it. He's at the back of the pack, so I'll cut him some slack until they turn for home. You can't make that mistake. He's on the rail. You have to notice that. He should have noticed that. If you asked him today, he would be, he'd tell you the same thing. I blew the call. And it's unfortunate because that would have been the most... And he's called he's called Triple Crown winners, American Pharaoh. Um, 
and that will stand the test of time. But this race, because of the fact of the connections, I think that this, I think he's losing, I think probably lost some sleep on Saturday. Now, I know I would have. Mm-hmm. Just missing that. Yeah, I mean, he missed the horse. And I don't know the mechanics of calling a race like you do. So it's something that for me, looking back upon and somebody that does enjoy play by play in whatever sport it is, it does make sense, right? Mm-hmm. It's a 20 horse field. And that makes it more difficult, right? Well, so in the 20 horse field, are you trying to say every horse? At, at least twice. Point. At least twice. At least twice. Okay. Once for sure, and, and hopefully, hopefully twice. And he did that. The, again, the, the call was was really good, except that he missed the winner. You know, as uh, as he as he went around the tiring Messier, as he was starting to gain on the two front runners who were the favorites. I get why he's looking at them, because those were the two horses that the public thought were going to be the horses to beat. Um, he threw in another horse who was was fourth at the time, and Rich Strike was in full flight, and he did not see him until there was 70 yards from the wire. Now, maybe he did, and in the back of his mind, he couldn't believe that this was Rich Strike, and the last thing you want to do is identify the wrong horse mm-hmm. in the world's most famous horse yeah, race. Yeah. So I get that I'm being, I mean, I'm, I, I'm being critical of him, but I, I mean, I don't know what he was Things thinking. Things happen. Right, he just missed yeah. it. He just missed it. Um, but there shouldn't take away from the race. Remarkable. A record $179 million bet in paramutual pools for the Kentucky Derby. That's a 17% increase over last mm-hmm. year and 8% greater than the previous record, which was back in 2019. Of that $179 million, half a million was bet on Rich Strike. Is that it, huh? 501135 uh, Out of that big of a pool... <laughs> It's and that, that's why the Derby is such a special race, because the pools are so big mm-hmm. that you can spread out and get as much coverage as you possibly can. I was fortunate I did. I got the exacta because I hit the all button, right? I took all of the horses that I put out on our Twitter account, mm-hmm. threw in Taba because my partner likes Taba, like Taba, so I threw him in for him and, um, and went after it that way. But um, remarkable, remarkable. I think that look, it, it, it's it's good for this. It's good for the game because we're not talking about a disqualified horse. Right. We're not talking about a horse that failed a drug test. We're not talking about a horse or a, uh, horses breaking down in the running of the race. All of the negatives that are out there. Um, you know, a derby on not in the first Saturday in May, but the first Saturday in September. Last year's derby run in front of a uh, fraction of the fans that would normally be there. It needed it. It got it. We'll see what horse racing does with it. You told me before the show something I thought was just crazy. You mentioned that this ownership group does a lot in Ohio. And what, they had five horses in races in Cincinnati? Well, the jockey night. rode five horses in Cincinnati on Friday. He was 0 for 5. For five, yeah, I and mean, then had the race of his life, and, and then he gets in his car and he travels the two and a half hours or whatever it is from Cincinnati, to Louisville. Doesn't ride any race other than the Kentucky Derby. Never heard of him. Nobody's ever heard of him. Very few. And um, oh, spectacular! Just a great story. Great story. And, and the good part about it, if you like the sport, like the game, if you want to call it a game, I I think it's a bet because if there was no betting, there would be no sport. Mm-hmm. Um, people are talking about it. Mainstream America, mainstream, at least for today, is still talking about it in a positive way. Let's move on. Um, that overhead shot, by the way, we were talking yes. about, I just retweeted on the Miller Did you? Condon. Uh, oh, account. it's remarkable. So, yeah, you can take a look at it there if you missed it because it is something that I've never seen before. I don't think mm-hmm. you've ever seen before. And it just shows you just 
winning a race like that and what it took. It's mm-hmm. an incredible view. So you can find that on our Twitter account. You know, just one more. Th- so his father, there is an Iowa connection to this. Oh, we finally get one. Well, we do. And and you know who does get it? Jerry Crawford. Oh, really? And I think I don't think anybody's picked up on that locally. Maybe they have. Um, the Rich Strike's father, mm-hmm. his sire, is a horse by the name of Keen Ice that Crawford owned. Yeah, I remember Keen that. Keen Ice beat American Pharaoh in the Travers. Yeah. Keen Ice was second or third in the Belmont. Um, but yeah, that was a Donegal horse that uh, is the father of Rich Strike. I mean, the mother raced in Winnipeg, for God's sakes. It doesn't get <laughs> any lower track. than that. No, exactly. I mean, it's these horses aren't supposed to win and it's so cool that he did and these for these people anyways uh basketball from over the weekend uh, just if you're a Celtics fan Marcus Smart he was fouled right yeah, and, yeah. in the act of shooting mm-hmm. right uh I don't know how you miss that I don't know how you miss that I mean I get it's officiating in basketball as we've said is as difficult a sport but man I thought that uh maybe the Bucks caught a little luck in that one that was a game that very well could be the decider. We'll mm-hmm. look back at this series and the bulk Bucks ultimately prevail. That's one you'll point back. And wherever it ends, game six, game seven, of course, we'll talk about that the most, but Boston had that game. Yes. Boston had that game. And to let it slip away and to have a big chunk of it be because of a call, uh, it's tough to swallow. No, it's, it's really it's... tough to swallow. We're going to see, though, the bounce back tonight, them from Boston. They tie this thing up? Yes. You're feeling good about it. You're I feeling am. confident that they bounce back. I am. In a game where Boston got 27 from Jalen Brown. You going to mm-hmm. get that again? No, but I think Tatum's going to... He's going to do it. He'll be the guy that picks up that slack. You going to get 14 out of Derek White? Well, <laughs> fair point. <laughs> right. That's where all of a sudden it gets a little more difficult yeah. when you kind of go down that path. But a fun weekend of the NBA oh, overall. And, and all of a sudden we got series. We do. We got series in, in the NBA. We've got series in the NHL. It's picking up. Um, it was a really good sports weekend. It really was, with the exception of the Cubs. And I know the Cubs fans out there, you're not real proud of your squad right now, the way uh, the the, um, the slump, the streak, the, just, I mean, just awful, right? This is not a good a good baseball team. The way that they have just underperformed. Um, or maybe they aren't. Maybe they overperformed. Maybe they overperformed early in the That's year. That's what I think it is. I think it is, too. Yeah. This was probably more like we... Some thought you were going to get, but man, they've won. They're three and fourteen in their last seventeen games. Three and fourteen seems like a lot. Yeah, it does. Is, is the twenty-one runs was that part of the three wins? Yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know what? I wonder. Have there was a that's str- a really good stat, Trent. How many runs have they scored since then? Well, there was a stretch where I think the seven or eight games after the twenty-one, yeah. they had scored twenty-one runs. Is that what it combined? Was? Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember if it was the next seven or next eight, but yeah, it was one of those two. That they had scored 21 after scoring oh, 21 my gosh. one afternoon. So which of the two one seats? Do you feel like they're in trouble? I mean, Miami, they're, they're two apiece, and mm-hmm. of course Phoenix is two apiece. Which of the ones doesn't make it to the next round? Oh, And beat back Harden. You know, we've been killing yeah. Harden. Harden was good yesterday. And he was good in the second half. Yeah, absolutely. Now, is it just some of those shots he was finally falling? Mm, maybe. I, I think that was a piece of it, too. But there seemed to be a little bit more in the tank in the second half than there has been because mm-hmm. he was huffing and puffing so much. But I'm concerned about Phoenix. And Game 3, you can see that one coming. Yeah, right. Where they're back, back to Dallas, yep. Chris Paul didn't quite have it. Mm-hmm. He had a bad game. Mm-hmm. But then to drop also Game 4. Yes. And I thought we were going to have a zigzag there. I, I was big on Phoenix yesterday. I thought Phoenix was going to bounce back. How many did you game. have to give? Uh, I think it was two. Oh, it was tighter than I thought. Yeah. yeah. It was a tight line. And, yeah. and I just thought 
that they were going to bounce back. Paul was going to come back in a big time way, but <sighs> what Luca does, and and that was the thing too. Luca, he was in trouble. He got a technical early in the basketball game, and it wasn't normal Luca, if you will. Now he had eleven assists in the game, and that's a big part of it. But he seemed he was one of ten from three. And they still win that game. That, that's Is that what he finished? One of ten. I, guess from I didn't three. realize that. And he was nine of twenty-five overall from the floor. Jesus. But every time they needed a shot, it wasn't Brunson. It was Finney Smith. Yeah, I know he was good. How does Finney Smith? Know, you're right. And like Shaq said, you need two guys. It's you and one other guy, but you need that third guy. Yesterday was Finney Smith, and he was wide. open. How many of those were just wide open too? <laughs> yeah. I get it. Luca commands a lot of sure attention. He does. But boy. Is this a game? Is this a series now where Phoenix recalibrates and says, "Luke is going to get his. We're going to let him get his forty, mm-hmm. but we're not going to let him get eleven no. assists." I think that's the. I think we're that's going to cover strategy. everybody else. Let Luca do yeah. his thing, and he'll probably still make a couple of empty possessions and a couple of bonehead mm-hmm. plays and a couple of fallback twenty-eight footers, and we'll live with that. Mm-hmm. But we're not going to let Finney Smith or Brunson or one of the other guys beat us. We're going right. to have Luca. And if he goes Superman and he scores 60, so be it. Yep, absolutely. But that's the route uh-huh. we have to take now totally agree with you. in a three-game series. Yep, totally agree. The fact that we're down to best of three in a bunch of them. I mean, the yeah. hockey was unbelievable. The Bruins coming back, and all of a sudden Carolina's tied up at two apiece. Tampa and the Leafs, and there's no love lost between this thing's... The series is getting nasty. Got to like that about it. So, um, yeah, the winter sports are... Um, not going out with a whimper. No, not at all. They're going. It's, it's been terrific. Let's get Jeff in here. Don't want to keep him waiting any longer. What's on your mind, Jeff? Uh, well, let's talk. Let's talk NBA real quick, uh, Trent. I just want to kind of match you real quick with the Celtics talk. Um, Jalen Brown has been playing. I don't know, top fifteen, top twenty uh, players in the league for a while now. So yeah, is he going to score twenty five, twenty eight? No, but they're back at home. Mm-hmm. And I would say, is Marcus Smart going to shoot one for ten from the field? I don't think so. Um, Al Horford can do whatever he wants from the perimeter because they want to guard him. I believe he had like 20 last game, and I don't see him really slowing down. And he's had a great playoffs. Yeah, he he has. And you know, Ken hit it right on the nose. Tatum's not going to play like that ever again in the playoffs. Not this season. That's mm-hmm. the worst game he's ever going to play. He's a two-way player. You best believe he's going to have a Clay Thompson performance the way Clay played in Game Three when he shot one, I don't know five for 20 two games ago. So that's my quick thoughts on the Boston series. Let's go to the ugly. And you guys haven't really brought it up yet. Um, this John Moran. Yeah, you know what? That's I, he's he's Ford. way over the top. Yeah, he's that, way that, over that the top. Is, that this is getting out of hand. And I don't, you know, this is a. I mean, when we slow everything down and we, you know, take a timeout and look and check, is it a flagrant one? Is it a flagrant two? There's no debate about the the Brooks. And Gary Payton. Mm-hmm. The guy's in the air. You hit him. He falls down. Mm-hmm. Okay. They make a double team in the fourth quarter when they're up 20. I would say, why is John Moran in the game at that point? If we want to get technical, but he is anyway. They come to a hard trap right in the middle of the court. Jordan Poole's going for a steal, mm-hmm. and he touches his knee. Mm-hmm. And if you, and all the stuff that we watch, guys, and the, and the listeners, if you really think that's egregious and no. he went for his knee and tried to twist it, that is ludicrous. Absolutely. It is ridiculous. And Morant, Morant bro, puts some fuel on the fire, too, Jeff. I don't know if you saw this. They broke the code. John Morant tweeted uh, that. He broke the code. No, he didn't. He, 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 he tweeted it, and then he took it off. So oh, did he? Even worse. So he, yeah, he oh. took it down hours later. So it's even worse. And, and the last thing, I, I want to bring up uh, I want to bring up the Sixers. Harden's getting these shots, in my belief, 
because of the MVP. Now, I know the Joker won the MVP earlier, mm-hmm. but I think a beat and what a beat is doing when he's mm-hmm. driving, when he's posting up, they can't stop him. So you have Harden, and you have other players, Moxley, and you have uh, Danny Green getting wide open. Danny really Green, good look my from God. Threes, coming out of nowhere, yeah. North Carolina boy. Yeah. Um, coming out of nowhere, hitting shots. Now with Harden, he can't shake and bake for 10 seconds no more. He wants to hold the ball and go between his legs. If he catches and rips and goes, he still has to move. I don't want to hear about the overweight. The overweight is, is when he wants to start dribbling 26 feet around the hoop, he doesn't have that explosion. But if he can just catch and rip or catch and shoot, guys, he had 10 points from game one, two, and he had 18 in the fourth quarter last nope. night. 18. He closed out so, finally. Mm-hmm. It's an it's an unbelievable series. I think you guys were talking last week about how the you know the NBA was kind of like eh, kind of leaking. It gained a lot of gas. You did this weekend, and I think I think the second round is back, fellas. Yep, Jeff. Thanks for the call. I appreciate. It. No, it was great this weekend. Uh, it was absolutely great. Yeah, the Morant stuff. I was disappointed. That was a foul. He, he didn't, yeah. It was not on purpose. He was not grabbing at no. your knee to try to twist it. No. How? And if you think that's but did you happen to watch the? So I happened to be watching the Cubs game last night. Um, who was in the box? Well, anyways, Roger Wilson, Clemens was in the box. No, no, Georgie. Uh, no, it was um, Muncie, maybe. My, yeah, I think it was Muncie. Um, so the, Wilson Contreras grabbed right in the junk. Oh, really? And he was just trying to get around him because, oh. yeah, it was uh, the ball was the ball had gotten loose, and he's it wasn't on purpose. Just like John Mar- Pool on John Morant was not on purpose. Um, anyways, yeah, the basketball was good. Puck was good. Baseball, I didn't see a ton. Did you, how much baseball did you watch? Watched uh, quite a bit of Twins and listened to a lot of Twins and Corey Provis and company and yeah. Gladman, Magic Man, uh, Dan Gladman. Uh-huh. But outside of that, yeah, not a ton of baseball this weekend. There's just there's too much. There's going too on. much going on. There really is. That's, there's going to be weekends like that that seem to happen, and, and this was certainly one of them. Mm-hmm. But I I had a baseball question for you. Starting in the National League, okay, is it over with the Dodgers? You mean with well, everybody? Uh, Do you see the Braves? They're only again. It's six back. We're talking about we're in the beginning of it. They were. This is where they were last year, right? And what was it? August, I think. Matt Snyder told us last week before they even got above five hundred. So you're saying are are the divisions decided? The Mets, the Brewers, and the Dodgers. Yeah. Well, I I don't. mm, Yes, (laughs) that's and it's baseball, and it doesn't play out Uh that way, but it feels. Over those Brewers bats, they're starting so to heat up. So, who offers a division? Can you parlay three division winners at any of our with any oh, of our yeah. sites? Because it seems like I, I think the Mets. I mean, I think the Mets are going to win the division. Mm-hmm. I hate to say it; it's freaking yeah. May the ninth. Right. The Brewers and the Cardinals. I want the Cardinals to get. I just want to fight. Right. I, I want hang around. Hang around. We know it's not going to be the Cubs. Uh, you know, I, I, I think my 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 head got no, uh, my heart got in the way of the head. Right? Not that I love the Cubs. I just like their story, and it's good for business. Right. Um, but that, but they were fools gold the first week of the season. My They're nine God. and eighteen. They're nine and eighteen. Three and fourteen in their last seventeen for crying out loud. Um, Dodgers and the Padres both have nineteen wins. Rockies are one of the good stories in baseball. Giants, I mean that whole division. Yeah, everybody's above five hundred. Nobody's gonna be. Eh, I was gonna say, but that. nobody's gonna beat them. But I said that last year, and, and the, the Giants, Giants did. did. And the Giants, you're right. The Giants did, and they just mm-hmm. kept winning games. And that's mm-hmm. the thing. You can't say that. Oh, we're gonna win it. We're gonna win it with ninety four wins. Now you're gonna have to win hundred. Yeah, I think you are. I if you're gonna you win that division, and of course the Dodgers are the most equipped 
to have that. Well, happen. go through that lineup. My God, give me a. Where do you catch a break if you're a pitcher? Look, look at the rotation and what they yeah. have, and that's of course with yeah. no Trevor Bauer. Right. And, you know, Haney was great in his first two starts, and he's been hurt for mm-hmm. what three weeks now, mm-hmm. and he's going to come back maybe at the end of this month. But and Kershaw's drinking from the fountain of youth. <laughs> Just on and on and on. Uh-huh. Look at the bullpen. Uh-huh. Gratterall throws 102. I know he does, and he's like their sixth inning guy. Mm-hmm. By the way, the Twins closer, Duran. Yeah. They got something there. Yes, they do. Maybe there's a reason that they ran Taylor Rogers out of town. They knew something. I think they did. My gosh, this guy's unbelievable. That young How pitching. hard does he throw? Uh, 103 Jeez. is what he hits. He's consistently 101, 102. Wow. And he was a starter. Yes, and I remember that. Until basically last year, and mm-hmm. they said, all right, with the injuries, you can't be a starter anymore. Right. And very quickly. The guy's only relieved in like nine games in his career. He's already the closer. That's the kind of stuff <laughs> yeah. that he has. He, he's absolutely incredible. And we're going to get a good race here. The White Sox have figured it out. Yeah. They're going to obviously get healthier on top of it. What I saw that Moncada, I think, just got activated last night. So he's going to be ready to go for the White Sox. They're getting healthier. That is going to be, I think, a very fun two-team race with the White Sox and the Twins. So I just got this text at DraftKings, our friend at DraftKings, that you put the three, the Dodgers, the Mets, and the Brew Crew on top, and it's plus 179. Well. Right? No, what Ken's doing after 830 tonight. <laughs> yeah, probably for our Mediacom yep. uh, show as well coming up on Wednesdays, or we tape on Wednesdays. So plus a buck 79. I mean, I, Mets, yes. I think the Brewers will win. I do, too. I, I hope it's close. And the Dodgers are the Dodgers. It's not a bad bet. I've made worse bets than that. I've made worse bets than that, too. Absolutely. Um, lots of them. You have, for sure. I mean, a lot of them. Every day. Uh, how did you much. do this weekend? Uh, didn't bet a ton this weekend. Well, my Twin Spires account's looking great after Ella put a couple of $160 in there. <laughs> yeah. Now i got to give it to her in a different fashion. But, yeah, it didn't. The one thing that I hit this weekend that I was probably the most confident was Saturday night, the game three with Memphis, and I played an alternate spread. I think I might have told you I was going to do that. And I think I ended up laying, like, minus 11 and a half, obviously, mm. easily covered. But... And then I kind of looked back upon it and I said, you know, the odds, I think there were, I got like plus 160 or something like that. I don't feel like it should be more. When, when you're going with an alternate spread and you're moving yeah. it up that high, now tonight's is up to 10.5. That's what the number is for Jesus. tonight, Memphis Golden State, 10.5. Boy, that's a big number. I might be coming back the other way. With Memphis, we'll get to that one a little bit later. Ugh. But yeah, overall, a little horse racing money in the account. My mm-hmm. 30 bucks that I threw in there, of course, that emptied out, but... Oh, man, fun horse race. He was. I NBA went to Prairie betting. for a while. On, you did? Yeah, I went out front Saturday. I don't know, maybe an hour and a half or a couple hours around noon. It was starting to fill up. Yeah. starting to fill up. Did you see some of the old dignitaries yeah, and everybody out there? Some, yeah, I saw some people yeah. that I uh, used to work with. That's um, always fun. Uh, the other story, we really not story, but uh, just uh, locally, uh, the Wild and the Blues, two apiece. Mm-hmm. Wild and the Blues tied up at two apiece. So I tried to catch the radio call. We were driving back yesterday from uh-huh. Sioux City. Tried to see if I could find Joe O'Donnell's call somewhere. You couldn't find on KFAN? Does KFAN that come in that far? No, nope, doesn't yeah. come in that far. So I was looking, hey, maybe there'll be something in you know, South Dakota affiliate, Station. Or, yeah. yeah, Couldn't find anything, that though. right? Yeah, had Tara bring up the affiliate page on the website. And Nothing. We were scrolling through, trying to find it, trying to find it. Couldn't find it, unfortunately. But you see, you got to help me out there. Obviously, I saw the highlights when I got back last night. But Blues, just the better side yesterday. Not really. Really. I didn't. I mean, they won. They won convincingly. Uh, empty net goals. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Wild had a chance, though. Yeah, I thought they had a chance. Yeah. You know, I didn't see the pregame, and, and throughout the entire game, Ryan, uh, Ryan O'Reilly, the captain of the Blues, uh, his mom's in the stands, and they showed her like 20 different times. It's like, there's nobody else's mom there, <laughs> right? And then after, as I was waiting for, I don't know, between, I don't know and I was watching the pregame for uh, one of the late games, and, and um, TBS did a, did a feature piece on him, which I'm guessing aired before the start of the Minnesota. She adopted 47 kids. Oh, wow. Right? In addition wow. to the five that they had of their own. And now I'm thinking to myself, you a-hole. <laughs> you're, ripping in, you're ripping TBS for... Because I didn't see the stories. Right. Like, find somebody else's yeah. mom. I mean, there has to be one there, right? I get that it's Mother's Day and you want to show a mom in the stands, but my God, would it kill you to show somebody else's? And then you see the backstory and you just feel like crap. <laughs> Uh, remarkable. 10.30, Scott Dockerman coming up. It's time for another $1,000 keyword. Go to KXNO.com. KXNO.com. Once you get there, enter the keyword. Spring. Spring. We just had spring. We had spring for a day. We did. And now summer's here. And now summer is here. But spring is the keyword. And spring could put $1,000 in your pocket. KXNO.com. Spring at KXNO.com. The the pop-up box will appear, enter spring, listen to your phone for ring, uh, to ring. If it does, it's an unknown number. Um, may want to answer it. Spring, kxno.com. 10.30, Miller & Condon, underway on a Monday. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. <laughs> Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. We take you up until noon. Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. He will join us uh, coming up here in 25 minutes or thereabouts. Right now, Scott Dockerman joins the program. Of course, Doc writes for The Athletic. Hello, Doc. Trent and Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you? I'm doing well, guys. How are you? Doing well. You know, Doc, uh, you've, it's been a while now, and I, think, I don't think I asked you this question, um, but when you put your... You know, you pen the paper and you're trying to come up with depth charts for the football program. What position or, or what position group gave you the most um, most redos? When did you have to, you know, flip your pencil over and, and, and uh, get to the eraser part of it? What was that, Doc? Uh, you know, I, I guess I would probably go with offensive line um, because they, they, it is a work in progress. It's what we saw on the open practice isn't necessarily what we'll see and the open practice in August or certainly opening day or even against Michigan. So I think there's uh, that one is still in flux. So, um, you know, when you lose a guy like Cody Ince, that's a big loss, uh, you know, retiring before the spring practice has even started. But, um, you know, I would say that that's probably one. I, I did not, you know, early on, right after the season, that wasn't the case with Logan Jones, and now it is. He's mm-hmm. the center. So I would probably start there and uh, – but, you know, quarterback's another one. You talked about uh, in your article last week at The Athletic about guys that after spring, maybe the arrow's pointing up, if you will, and one of those guys along the offensive line, Mason Richmond. You go back to a year ago, he's thrust in the lineup as a freshman, way out there, played a lot of different positions for him. The upside, and is this is this a guy maybe we're looking at, the next great offensive lineman for the Hawkeyes? Hmm. 
that one is hard to say, and I don't want to put my pen and paper to that or, you know, stake my claim on it, but I do think he's got a real high ceiling, and that could be that he's he's going to be a very good player because you don't just get thrown on the left side of the offensive line as a redshirt freshman if you don't have some growth potential. And, and I'm not so sure that they have that they had anybody who was capable of manning that role last year and doing as good of a job as Mason did. Now Mason wasn't, um, he wasn't good by the standard that they set for that position, but he was, he was tough and he played hard and he did everything they asked him to do. He came back after, you know, a couple of missing a few weeks after a really tough knee injury. So I think the, the angle, the trajectory is really pointed upward for him. It's just a matter of, uh, you know, what kind of growth he has, and then also the growth of those around him. I mean, Connor Colby is still a guard at this point, but they have played with him a little bit on the outside. You've got some younger redshirt freshmen like a David Davikoff or Bo Stevens, who right now is, is slated for the inside, but, uh, you know, and Jennings Dunker. So there's a lot of really good young talent there. I, but I would say that the fact that he's had a full year at that position and uh, is playing it right now, I would say yes, that he's got a really good chance of becoming that next really good offensive lineman, at, at least at the uh, offensive tackle position. Uh, Doc, the transfer portal is now closed, uh, meaning that you're too late unless you want to sit out a year should that happen. What's um, kind of the, um, um, I guess, the the feeling around um, how Iowa's approaching it? They don't seem to be very active as far as shopping in it. Should, is, is that something that you know, that uh, people you hear from wish they'd get more involved in? Sure. Everybody wishes that they could, uh, you know, grab and discard uh, players kind of like um, five-card draw or something. But it's not it, – for Iowa, it, about their team building, it's not necessarily um, in their purview to go out and just grab guys to grab them. And, and they're pretty tight on scholarships right now. So – uh, I think what they looked at, they did look at some, and, and they definitely looked at quarterback. Uh, but, you know, it's got to be a, a two-way agreement. And in some cases, uh, the, the players weren't interested in Iowa. And, and when you look at, like, say, defensive line, sure, they could probably grab somebody to be a one-year player. But, but they have a lot of loyalty to the, those who are there, mm-hmm. too. And they've got, like, a really deep defensive line, and they think they're going to get better and grow quicker. And and if you, as soon as you bring somebody in, somebody might want to leave, or two people might want to leave and say, well, if they're recruiting over me for, for the short term, then maybe I don't have much of a future here. So it's, uh, it's a prudent approach. It's probably not one that everybody looks at and loves, but they do, they do look in there, and, and they do uh, have contact with some uh, players. It just didn't quite turn out that they, I mean, they picked up one, and they lost uh, the fewest in the country. So I guess it's uh, all is well when it comes to that. You know, uh, many people believe that the offensive line, maybe being healthier this year, has a chance to take a step forward. And with it, the run game is going to be going, maybe with not somebody as dynamic as Tyler Goodson, but just two solid running backs. The guys that, when there's nothing there, they're still going to fall forward and get you two yards. Mm. And instead of second and 12, you're looking at a second and eight. I want to go a little bit deeper, though. We've talked a lot about the uh, the tandem of the Williams, LaShawn, and Gavin. What about the two youngsters coming in, Caleb Johnson and Jazz Patterson? You would figure, because usually when healthy, three guys at least get an opportunity to tote the rock with Iowa and the way that they've kind of worked that running game. Of those two freshmen, who do you think has the better chance of seeing even 40, 50 carries here in their freshman campaign? 
That's a really good question because I haven't seen them compete against a good defense, which would be Iowa's defense. Yet. <laughs> so uh, for me to try to project necessarily who might fit in that role might be a little bit difficult. I do think they're both capable of it. And, uh, you know, Patterson is a little bit smaller, so maybe he's viewed a, a little bit more as a change of pace. But it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me at all if, if Caleb Johnson comes in and really uh, overpowers everybody and ends up taking the lead role. So I think it's it, the running back position that they've got four guys, I think, coming in capable of making a, a strong impact and potentially even leading the, the charge at, come towards the end of the year. I think they also like the two Williams guys uh, you know, who are a little bit bigger. They're built a little differently. They, they run a little differently. So I, I, don't, I don't know that I could push one guy out right now, but I would say that um, they all will have an equal opportunity to play, which is not always the case at most positions. So uh, I, I think this is, this is one situation I really am going to look forward to uh, watching and learning from. Doc, we're starting to see some of the uh, sports betting operators come out with some odds um, already. And, and when it comes to the Big Ten West, of course, Wisconsin is 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 the favorite. And I think deservedly so. I'll get your take on that. But again, Nebraska sitting there is the second choice. No one can understand that other than the fact that book operators know they're going to get an inordinate <laughs> amount of Husker bets from Husker fans, and they adjust accordingly. Does Wisconsin deserve to be the choice? And in the back of your mind, is there a dark horse in the Big Ten West? I think it comes down to Iowa and Wisconsin again. I, I really do. I think that both those teams are the are the best two teams, you know, in, in the West. And it really is going to come down to whose quarterback goes from being uh, below average to average <laughs> to give them a chance to win. And that game is in Iowa City. I mean, Wisconsin plays. Uh, I know they play Ohio State, and I'm trying to think of the other two off the top of my head. I can't quite from the East Michigan state being another one. So they have a challenging schedule to go along with it. I think it really comes down to those two, but if I was to throw in a dark horse, it would be Purdue. Um, they easily have the best quarterback in the, in the West and they have a different style of play that as we've seen for Iowa's case under Jeff, you know, Purdue under Jeff Brom is a very difficult matchup. It just exploits the areas that Iowa tries to, uh, that I will kind of leave hanging and that that's a really difficult situation because they make you play by percentages and Purdue throws them out the window. So I would probably go in, in order. I, Hey, I was playing at home against Wisconsin. So I'm going to go Iowa first with Wisconsin as shade below and, uh, and then Purdue, because I think, you know, whatever Iowa throws out there will be the equivalent of, of Graham Mertz and mm-hmm. uh, Iowa's defense will be better this year than, um, at least what Wisconsin has coming back. Yeah, their third crossover, by the way, is home to Maryland. They go to Sparty and go to the Buckeyes. Those are the three crossovers. Schedule always a big component yep. here when we're breaking these things down. I kind of like Minnesota at the price that they have, 9-1, to one, and uh, fired at that one. Hey, uh, I mentioned a couple of freshmen at the running back room. Aaron Graves, another freshman coming in this year. Can't wait to watch this Oh, kid. man. I mean, the, the buzz has been mm-hmm. palpable. I saw Keith on sound off last night. He had something about oh, him. Did as he? He, he's graduating yeah. and you know going through everything at the end of the season. This guy, he comes from a small town. He is a monster. He's played in All-American games. There's a part of it that just feels like, I mean, this guy is, he is... A superhero already before he even steps foot on campus. Your thoughts on Aaron Graves? Yeah, I went and visited him at his school, and he's uh, one of the first uh, players that I've walked into, and I actually went holy bleep when I saw him. <laughs> and and he he is massive, and I I don't mean like 
just big kid. I mean, (laughs) I don't want to get too hyperbolic here, but he reminds me in frame like J.J. Watt in college at Wisconsin. He is just, you walk in and you're like, wow, this kid looks like he's 22 years old. And and here he is, you know, he's graduating with AA degree and, uh, you know, right now and coincides with his high school degree. So he's going to be walking into his major coming in this summer. Uh, Just a, you know, really a sharp kid, played basketball and wrestled at the same time. Uh, I don't usually project any kind of, uh, you know, true freshman to walk in the door and be able to get some snaps, but he's at defensive line anyway, and especially at a deep as unit as Iowa has, I think he will. I think he's that good. I think he's the type of guy that's going to immediately help this team and become a rotational. I won't say starter. I think that's too early for that, but I do think uh, he's going to probably get, you know, 15, maybe 20 snaps a game. He's just uh, – He's different. He's different. He's different in size. Remind me of his story, you guys. So, I mean, was he always going to be a hawk? Who did Iowa have to beat to get him? Do with you, you know? He was a big time prospect, really. but yeah, he committed early. Did he? Yeah, he, he committed at the swimming pool <laughs> when he was right after his freshman year of high school. Uh, he was sitting, and his dad kind of pulled up to him while he was doing you know, conducting swimming lessons <laughs> and coach Ferentz was on the phone and offered him a scholarship right there. in like June of after his freshman year of high school and he committed on the spot. That's all he were. That's the only place he wanted to go. Once he got the offer, he committed and that was it. And yeah, if he would, if he was out on the open market, um, yeah, he'd be sought after by every school in the country. He'd be like uh, what Caden Proctor is. Watch his highlights, go to rivals or 24 seven. It's so funny to watch. Mm-hmm. He's from Gowrie. I yeah. mean, a little town by Fort Dodge, and he's just—he's a behemoth. He's six five two seventy five. It's—it's an incredible story, and and one that's easy certainly to root for. You know, hand in hand with that, I was recruiting here as of late. We've talked a ton about Xavier Wampa and the way that they've readjusted. The NIL era has changed things. Doc, you were—I believe you were in Arizona last week with the athletic crew. NIL had to dominate your guys' conversation down there, didn't it? There was a lot. There was a lot of discussion about it. Yeah, obviously, and because you know a lot of our beat writers and, mm-hmm. and national columnists and reporters are based in different parts of the country, so it's uh, it's definitely a topic that gets the most attention right now. And collectives and NIL and um, and I spent some time talking to a few people here and there um, where they had some administrators at the Ganey Ranch just up the road and. And it dominated the, the conversation among the administrators for the Big Ten, the Big 12, the ACC, because it's really <laughs> the wild, wild west gets used a lot, but it's true. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's this is the deadwood of <laughs> college football of this era because there's so much open and nobody knows how to make the rules work and if the, and what rules should be thrown out there. So it's, it's a really fascinating topic because uh, something's going to happen, but but will it stand up in court? I don't know. That, that's what's really fascinating about this. Yeah, no doubt about it. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. Doc, what do you have coming up this week you'd like to share? Anything? Yeah, I'm working today on the state of the program story that comes oh, out next good. Monday for Iowa. So, um, And then I've, I've got a mailbag coming, so I've got a lot of good questions there. And and just some uh, other general topics. It's it's a little bit slower time of year, but, but there's all kinds of uh, enterprise that I'm kind of working on. And, it's still in the preliminary stages, so probably a little bit too early to share. Uh, state of the program next Monday, you said, Doc? We'll see it? Yeah, yeah, next Monday. 
Good stuff. We'll talk to you next Monday, Scott Darkerman. Thank you doing for doing this, Doc. Have a great week. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate the time. Good to talk to you. Scott Darkerman as uh, we catch up on the Hawks. Yeah, that, that kid, Trent, uh, quite a story. Mm-hmm. Obviously a very bright kid. Um, whew, he's that big. He's a monster. And, and then watching him also like at the uh, Army All-American game. Uh-huh. And he just, dominated there? Yeah. I remember the practices leading up. There were two different things from like the national people, I think. Mm-hmm. One was Mike Farrell, and he was just talking about, nobody can block him. <laughs> nobody can block him at an all-star game. Right. Now imagine lining up from him and some of the guards. He's 5'11", oh 170 pounds trying to right. guard that dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a lot of business decisions, I'm guessing, were made, made that day to he, LA. He wrestled at the state tournament and then went and played a district basketball game. I remember the night. story. Just, I remember that, yeah. He's Paul Bunyan. And he's a hawk. Uh, good stuff. We will take a timeout, come back, finish up the hour. Trent, uh, Matt Snyder, and I will talk baseball to kick off hour number two. Nick Olson, the latest on the Cyclones as well. I see Chris shot down. Some insider tweeted that A.J. Green is a Cyclone. Chris said tap the brakes. You can see it on his Twitter account. Hmm. It might happen. It's not It's not a done deal by any means. He's going to a G League um Camp and then Duke is involved, and we'd heard that Duke yes, is, is involved in this, uh, but but no, nothing yet. Still got to think they're in the lead. I still do. Clubhouse leader, clubhouse leader, yeah. But nah. it's not a lock. Nah, maybe Rich Strike will come up and snap him off, and so you'll end up at. <laughs> Indeed, it does. We will take our final time out of hour number one. If you missed it, uh, spring was the keyword at kxno.com in the first hour. Spring kxno.com. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.spas.com. All right, final couple of minutes here in the first hour of the program. Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. The first schedule, not leak announcement, uh, has come out. Week two, Monday night football, two games. A doubleheader no. on Monday. It's not a doubleheader. That's oh, the weird part about it. We talked about this when it yes. first was uh, talked about in the TV realm. Right. So one of them starts at 6.15, Titans at Bills, okay. and then at 7.30, Vikings at Eagles. So Two good games. Two good games, absolutely, but they won't be one, and then the next one, you'll get to probably about halftime, and then the late game will start. And this will be, apparently, this is going to happen a couple times during the year. Is this... ESPN has ESPN and ABC. And ABC will have the other. Right. Yep. So do the Mannings get the night off? Or do they just choose one? Or do they just choose one to focus on? Or maybe they do them both. They <laughs> could. Right? Yeah. Just bounce back and forth. Yeah. And whatever's interesting, they jump into. I still think that's weird. I mean, you spend all that money on Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, and the Mannings are going to be on another channel breaking down the game. Anyways, our number two coming up next. We'll start it off with a little MLB conversation. Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. Trent came up with a good question, turned it into a good uh, ticket. Uh do the teams that are leading their respective divisions in the National League is it over? Mets, Brewers, Dodgers, plus a buck seventy nine if you put them together at DraftKings. Miller and Condon, hour two, coming up next on Des Moines Sports Station one hundred six point three KXNO.